0: This is a podcast from thepupillageblog.com. The Roll of the pupillage Dice With the pupillage Portal once again opening its doors in April, and the publishing of the Bar Barometer from the Bar Council and Bar Standards Board, it is time to address the fundamental question of whether the opportunity of attaining a pupillage is more than just a mere roll of the dice. Whilst I cannot dispel any myths in respect to attaining the elusive pupillage, I can, however, draw some conclusions from the available statistical information and hopefully elevate the tone of this debate by seeking to draw a clear understanding and some closure upon the issues which are dogging the profession, whilst hopefully answering the often asked question, is there really no bar to the bar? From the outset, I need to point out that the formulation of both my opinions and conclusions are shaped by the various detailed reports from the pupilage statistics for 2009 to 2010 which have been made freely available from the bar standards board all of which are available to view online importantly the statistics that are outlined address pupils and pupilage attained through the pupilage portal application process and not those derived through the non-olpass application route so how many pupils attain a first six pupillage through the online pupillage portal? In 2009 to 2010, there were a total of 2,841 applications made to chambers through the pupilage portal for only 460 places of a first six pupillage. The gender makeup was as follows. 1,214, which is 42.7%, were male and 1,452, 51.1%, were female. Note that 175 applications, that's 6.2%, those details were missing. The data provides a very sobering thought for anyone seeking to join the profession, as in real terms, the figures presented would suggest that there is only a 16% chance of attaining a first six pupilage. So, now it's important to identify the pupilage credentials of those 460 pupils, or in other words, from the 2,841 applications. What does it take to make it across the finishing line to attain a pupillage? How much weight does education play in the pupillage selection process? Given the information provided, there is a very clear division between those pupils who attended a Russell Group University and those that did not. Therefore, it is clear from the evidential statistical data that the education of a pupil could still be considered as a principal factor in the pupillage selection process. For clarity, the Russell Group describes itself as an association of 20 major research-intensive universities, namely Birmingham, Bristol, Cambridge, Cardiff, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Imperial College London, King's College London, Leeds, Liverpool, LSE, Manchester, Newcastle, Nottingham, Oxford, Queen's College Belfast, Sheffield, Southampton, University College London and Warwick. So, how many of the 460 pupils attended a Russell Group University? From the illustrated data, 109, that's 23.7% of the pupils, attended Oxford or Cambridge University. 103, which is 22.4%, of pupils attended a Russell Group University, that's excluding Oxford and Cambridge. And for 53, which is 11.5%, there was no available data. Therefore, 46% of pupils who attained pupillage through the online pupillage portal attended a Russell Group university, and specifically, 22.4% of that collective attended either Oxford or Cambridge University. This information, in my opinion, would demonstrate the propensity that the selected educator of a pupil continues to remain as important today as it has ever been. Excluding the unavailable data of 53, that's 11.5% of the pupils, 195 pupils attended non-Russell universities, and it is my judgment that these figures send out a very clear message, which reinforces the notion that the profession is still very much guided by the university an individual has attended. Students who achieve their academic qualifications from a Russell Group University would statistically stand a better chance of obtaining a pupillage. Controversially, the final report of the working party on entry to the bar, led by Lord Newberger in 2007, recommended that the bar should try to cast its net more widely across the university spectrum. Evidently, whilst the number of pupils from a non-Russell Group university continue unabated, the profession still has a long way to go to demonstrate a level playing field. Does my qualifying degree play an important part on the path to pupillage? As identified, attaining a degree from a Russell Group University would certainly support the higher number of individuals who have attained pupillage, but crucially, when the statistics are drilled down, attaining either a first or upper second degree are prerequisite in becoming a pupil, which could present some uncomfortable reading for the 361 that's 23%, full-time students who embarked upon the BPTC in 2009-2010, to 2010, who held a lower second-class degree. Pupil barristers by degree classification of 2009-2010 to 2010 were as follows. For a first, that was 108 pupils. That's approximately 23.5%. An upper second was 243 pupils at 52.8%. A lower second was 39 pupils at 8.5%. Those who attained a third were two pupils, which is 0.4%, other was nine pupils at 2%, and the missing data accounted for 55, which is 12.8%. So does age really play a part in obtaining a pupillage, and should I consider the bar as a change of career, especially if I have a family? Another controversial issue that brings the profession into question is whether there is a bar to the bar with regards to age and whether age is a significant factor of consideration for pupilage from the statistics driven from the pupilage survey 2009 to 2010 the ages of the 460 pupils were made up as follows there were 137 pupils who attained pupilage under 25 which accounts for 30% 216 pupils aged 25 to 34 which is equivalent to 47% Thirty-five pupils attained pupilage aged between 35 and 44, at 7.6%. 14 pupils who attained pupilage were aged between 45 and 54, which is 3%. Only four pupils aged between 55 to 64 attained pupilage, which is equivalent to 0.9%, and one pupil who was over 65 attained pupilage, which is a make-up of 0.2%. Now, it's important to note that 53 pupils failed to make a response which accounts for 11.5%. So, from the figures presented, it is my considered opinion that as only 11% of the 460 pupils were over 35, it would suggest that the bar is not a profession which would appear to fully embrace an easy transition as a choice for those embarking upon a second career. Interestingly, It is recognised within industry that individuals who have reached their 30s and 40s are the stereotypical age group that seek to engage upon a second career. Another factor which should be taken into consideration are those individuals who often embark upon continuing a career or embrace a career change after raising children. The latest figures identify that only 41 of the pupils, that's 9%, said that they had children whilst 360 of the pupils, that's 78%, stated they did not. And it's important again to note that 13% of the pupils who attained pupillage did not disclose this information. So, the roll of the dice. Whilst the information presented here is just a snapshot of recent research, it is by no means exhaustive. However, it does, in my candid opinion, draw some soul-searching questions for an individual thinking of embarking upon a career at the bar. Key issues, such as education, age, and realistic opportunities to join a set of chambers, are incredibly relevant, and are all matters of which an individual should seek to reach a considered opinion upon. Ultimately, the statistical figures speak for themselves, and despite the measures by the Bar to engage upon the 57 recommendations for the promotion of social mobility at the Bar, as outlined by Lord Newberger, individuals who enter the pastor pupillage, Will have to recognize both the rewards and shortcomings of this very much revered legal profession. As always, Stephen, aka Just In Time. This is a podcast from thepupilageblog.com.